0: We've been talking about how to live godly in an ungodly world. We're going to go on a little bit further. When you came in here today, if there was a funny odor in here, that was cause of, in the first service, there was a lot of burning flesh. So I'm just going to tell you right now, get ready. It's good though. Sometimes our flesh needs to get burned up, and so it's so what we're going to talk about today. You know, uh, many times in our self-centered world, we use this thing called freedom. And we use freedom as a definition as power to do what I want or to even twist it to suit my needs. But real freedom, guys, only comes by living in the structure that God set up. And God didn't put uh, these commandments on this earth to punish us. God's uh, his commands are formulated to benefit us. And any time I live by the word of God and what he's asking There's always freedom. There's always a blessing. Now go to Proverbs 25, and let's begin today in verse number 26. Proverbs 25, 26. A righteous man who falters before the wicked. That is one who's basically good, but he's become contaminated because he's indecisive when trials come against him. Now that can happen to every one of us, and so he tells us, A righteous man who falters before the wicked. The message says a good person who gives in to a bad person. The Amplified says a righteous man who gives ways to the wicked. And so when we, we give in as the righteous, the things or the principles of the kingdom of God are shaken. There's people that will look and they'll see what we've done and they'll falter. Keep reading with me. And he is like a murky spring and a polluted well or a run well. Now, when you read that right there, I ask you this question this morning. How muddy is your spring? How polluted is your well? And think about this just for a little bit here. Would you allow your children to drink from a polluted well? No, we wouldn't. But many times in our life, we viewed the things of God as, as punishment and as holding us back. And I want to set this on the inside of us, every one of us today, that the, the kingdom of God was, was a benefit for us to, to live by it, and it'll, it'll cause blessings to happen when I live this way. So just as Father God wouldn't allow us to, we should. Now, I want to ask you a question. How polluted is your water today? Have you allowed some things to come into your life that maybe you shouldn't have? Go with me to the book of Psalm, the 36th one, and we're going to keep uh, reading from there. Psalm 36. As you're turning there, you know sometimes when you read passages, scriptures, and other translations, it really helps you. I encourage you to read in different translations. In uh, Romans 12, 2, the New King James says this, that do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind now most of us we've probably read that scripture numerous times listen to what it says in the message translation don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking let me read it one more time don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking Now, that can happen in everyday life if I'm not aware of of the culture around me, and even more so within the church, I believe at times instead of the church influencing the world, the world has influenced the church. We can't allow that to happen, guys. we got to stay by the word of God. Psalm 36. And if you'll look at the subtitle, it says man's wickedness and God's perfection. Verse number one. An oracle within my heart. Concerning the transgression of the wicked. Now the oracle here that he's describing is the description of a soul that's given over to sin. How do I know that? Well he says here, an oracle with my heart concerning the transgression of the wicked. The word transgression means that when we transgress one of God's commands. When we do something that's a commandment of God that's not approved by Father God. A great example was that was found in, in King David's life. And if you think back in his life, King David he, he committed adultery with a woman named Bathsheba, and then he ultimately had her husband Uriah killed or murdered. And so David experienced transgression in his life. And in his life, I believe his soul was sick because of what he did. Now in Psalm 51, and I encourage you to read Psalm 51, verses 1 through 12. But in Psalm 51, verse 1, King David said this about his transgression. He said to the Lord, Lord, blot out my transgression. He asked Father God to cleanse him from his transgression. And then he said in, in verse 3, for I acknowledge my transgression. I, so you know what David does? He comes clean. He realizes that as he stands before God because of the sin in his life... He must repent of it. That's the same for every one of us. Something happens when I come clean before God. And the something is there's a blessing. Now he tells us here right now, an oracle within my heart concerning the transgression of the wicked. Now listen to what he says at the end of verse 1. There is no fear of God before his eyes. Now let me ask you something. Is there a fear of God before your eyes? In other words... Do you just let your eyes see whatever they want to see? It's the exact thing that got King David in, in trouble. This is what happened in his life. And in 2 Samuel verse, or chapter 11 verse 2, it says this about King David, that he went out on his rooftop and he saw Bathsheba. How did he see her? With his eyes. His eyes got him into trouble, and our eyes will get us into trouble if we allow it to. Now he goes on to say in verse 2, For he flatters himself in his own eyes. He makes sin seem very attractive in his own eyes, because he allowed his eyes to to, uh, wonder. And when the object is visible to the eyes, the desire happens. Think about this back in Genesis 3, verse 6 with Eve. When she looked upon the fruit, what did it say? The fruit was desirable to her eyes. Something happens as human beings with our eyes. And guys, we've even got to protect them. And it starts usually with just a little bit. Just a little bit with what I allow my eyes to see. You know, the the person who gives into pornography the very first time in his life, He never expects it to go to the extremes that it does. Why? So many times in our lives we think, well, it's just a little bit. It's just a little bit. And and any man in here, I don't care what your age is, if you've ever given into pornography, usually where did it take place? In your teenage years. When you were young. Each one of us are going to have to guard our heart. Now keep reading with me what he says here. For he flatters himself in his own eyes when he finds out his iniquity, and when he hates. And so with our own eyes, we we flatter ourselves to the point that we don't hate sin. We think, you know what, it's okay, I can do these things and it's not going to bother me. Wrong, it will bother you. Keep reading. Verse number three. The words of his mouth are wickedness and deceit. So the next thing he gets to, guys, is our mouth. And he said there's a wickedness that comes out of our mouth, but also a deceit. You know what deceit is? It's self-deception. How many of us in here deal with self-deception? How many of you know somebody that deals with self-deception? Probably every one of us. So you know what? we have a statistical problem here. None of us deal with self-deception, but we know people that deal with self-deception. Actually, what happens, it's very tough to be objective about yourself most of the time when we look in the mirror we don't want to be objective about ourselves actually human beings are, are objective about two different people number one themselves and number two their children most of us don't want to be objective even about our children and so right here he begins to identify some things keep reading with me the words of his mouth are wickedness and deceit. He has ceased to be wise and to do good. Now, right there, he gives me some ideas on what I gotta do. Number one, he says, to be and to do. You know, I can I can talk about being a Christian all day long. We can come in here and speak in Christian knees and know all the right things to say and how how, how to act in front of each other. But I got to look what he says here. I got to be and to do. In other words, the proof of the pudding's always in the eating. Now look what he says in verse number four. He devises wickedness on his bed, and he sets himself in a way that is not good. Now, what he's talking about here, that he devises stuff on his bed, in our bed, a lot of times, every one of us in this room, we dream, we ponder. We meditate. We begin to think of things. And guys, when we think of things that are not good, like he said here in the last, he sets himself in a way that is not good. What you think on is what you'll ultimately do. How many of you ever found that out? If I meditate on something long enough, I'm going to ultimately do it. Now, when my thoughts, my dreams are that of evil, you know what's usually going to happen? I'm usually going to execute that evil. This is just how the way we are as as human beings. And this is what he's trying to get over to us. Look what he says here in the last part of verse 4. He does not abhor evil. He does not reject evil or hate evil. And here's a phrase that every one of us need to understand. I've got to love God and hate sin. I've got to get to my life where I look at what the Bible says, what the Word of God says, and i got to love God more than I love sin. i got to keep living that way day after day after day. Now, I can't be sympathetic towards sin. I can't be apologetic towards sin. I cannot justify my sin either. And if you'll notice right here, in verses 1, 2, 3, and 4, he goes from the heart to the eyes to the mouth, And to the mind, this is how sin will try to affect every one of us, in one of those forms. And so each one of us goes, i got to make myself aware of it. And so as a a human being, a lot of times we'll go to the doctor, maybe once a year for a physical, a checkup. You know what I believe we need to do? We need to have an internal examination. We need to have an examination of physical, of my soul and my spirit, and go back and look and say, okay, is there things in my life that are causing me to to be dominated by sin? And most of the time with sin, me and you open the door to it. Every one of us in here normally open the door to the sin that tries to come after us. Now go back with me into the New Testament, to 1 Corinthians chapter 5. 1 Corinthians chapter 5. This is going to help us today. Every one of us in this room, 1 Corinthians chapter 5 is where we're going. All right. Just to help us to be godly in an ungodly world. As Once you get to 1 Corinthians 5, if you'll look at the subtitle above verse 1, it says, Immorality defiles the church. You know what the church is? It's people. Me and you. So he's warning us here that if I'm not careful, immorality will defile us. And he lists all these things here in verse 1 through 5. And you can read that on your own. But I want you to stop here and and, and look at verse number 6. It says, your glorying or your boasting is not good. Do you not know that a little leaven, or just a little leaven, it leavens the whole lump? Now the word leaven there is an illustration of the the corrupting power of evil. And he gives me a little insight right here. He says, just a little bit. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. And what does a little bit do? It spreads over the entire body. A little bit can influence how much? He said the entire or the whole lump here. Now we got to understand this guys as believers because many times in our society we have the mindset that the majority is always right. Listen, the majority isn't always right. And you can go back and remember last week we talked about in Noah's days that the majority of the people in Noah's days were wiped out. And the majority of the people in Lot's days in the the region of Sodom and Gomorrah, they were wiped out. You know why? Because the majority thought, hey, because everybody's doing it, it's okay. It's not. Even two weeks ago, when we read about the church and the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 7, 13, Jesus gave us two roads. Remember? Road number one, he said, broad or wide is the road that leads to destruction, and many are on it. And many are on it. So listen, guys, just because society or the majority of society is doing things doesn't mean it's okay. The thing about sin, and this is what it explains here just a little bit. Now think about how subtle sin can be. And I'm going to use the illustration that we did last week. Back in the 60s, and many of you, you, you weren't even thought about back in the 60s. You were way too young for that. But back in the 60s on TV, guys, you you I don't even know if you ever did, but very, very seldom did you ever hear a curse word. And if they ever gave a kiss, just a little peck, that was a big deal in the 60s. And then it progressed to the 70s. And then the 80s, the 90s, and you look where it is now. Now think about this. If back in the 60s they barely did anything and then all of a sudden in the 70s they have all this crazy cussing on TV and all this sexual perversion on TV, I'm going to tell you society was, uh-uh, no, 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 no. But what happens is it's a little bit at a time. Just a little, the subtle, the subtle, just a little bit, just a little bit. down. this goes back to the old frog. How do you kill a frog? You put him in, in lukewarm water. And you just gradually start turning it up. And he gets really comfortable before ultimately it kills him. This is what this is talking about now. In saying all this, think about this. What in your life do you give over to just a little bit? Pastor, what's wrong with a little sin? Just this every now and then? It's okay. Just a little bit. Now, in my life, guys, I don't go to the movie very often and there's reasons for that. I, I, man, when I see stuff with my eyes, and even when I hear things, it affects me. So when I go to a movie, I really want to see something that's funny. You know, life is, is uh, stressful enough, so I think, I just want to laugh. So, no, oh, it's been a little while back, but I asked some guys, I said, man, I need to see something funny. And these guys, they recommended a movie. They said it was awesome. I said, was it bad? And they said, no, it wasn't bad at all. I did the review on it. I didn't go see the movie, but I did the review on it. 31 times they used the Lord's name in vain. 31 times. 77 times there was reference of, of other cuss words in it. 91 times they used the F-bomb. Ninety-one. This movie wasn't even quite two hours, so there was one F-bomb per hour. Ever minute almost, so when you go back and give people a response to that, you know what most people say I didn't even notice it. I did so you know what that tells me? Have we got so accustomed? Have we got so callous to hearing the Lord's name used in vain that it doesn't even bother us, or second of all, and this is a big one, but pastor, it's only a movie. It's all, it won't hurt you. But once again, you see back in Psalm 36, the very things that I allow my eyes to see and the things I allow my ears to hear, those things begin to get on the inside of me. And let's take it a little bit a step farther today. Here's the question I have to ask myself in everything I do. Would I take Jesus with me? Would I take Jesus with me? Now, see, that gets us a lot of times. Can you imagine going to watch this movie and Jesus went with you and you're sitting there and you tell him, hey, it's okay, they're going to use your father's name in vain 31 times, but it's just a movie. And they're going to say the F-bomb, it's okay. Our society's used to it. So let's go a little bit step further today. Do, do you think it would be appropriate for me this morning to use the F-bomb 91 times in here? Of course not. Of course not. How about 60 times? How about 10 times? How about 5 times? What's the magic number? See, the point in me saying this for each one of us, guys, church isn't just a Sunday morning thing. Church is a lifestyle. It's every day. And I think when we come here on Sunday mornings, and we're a saint on Sunday, but we live like the world Monday through Saturday, it's not making it. It's not good for us. And listen, Everything that you open yourself up to, whether it's movies, whether it's music, whether it's the internet, whether it's people that we define as our friends, everything we open ourselves up to counts. Everything. So here's the thought. In the things that I'm seeing, the things I'm opening myself up to, does it draw me closer to God or does it push me farther away? Because he tells me right here, it's just a little bit. Just a little bit is what messes us up. Now I can say this in my own life. As a 12-year-old, the very first time that I took a drink of alcohol, I never thought the end result where it would be. As a 12-year-old, I never thought by the time I was 17 that I'd be an alcoholic. See, these are the things. Well, I can go to the movie. And see, we can just keep going back and forth, whether it's pornography, whether it's the movies, even the music you listen to. That didn't affect me. It doesn't bother me, Pastor. It doesn't bother me a bit. You know, when I was 17, my brother got born again. Things of God became alive in him. And growing up, me and him shared a bedroom. When I was 17, he literally had to cast the devil out of me somebody see, you yeah i was so full of the devil he took authority over the devil in my life and he said this to me one day he said i asked father god he said how did the devil get into my brother like that and you know what the lord told him all that junky music he listened to what'd you listen to pastor i'm on the highway to heaven See, you sing that junk and you get that on the inside of you. And I remember as a teenager there was a song out that that said these words, go try suicide, nobody cares. And I had friends that would commit suicide because they would listen to that stuff and get that. See, don't tell me this stuff doesn't matter. I believe, guys, there's a a, a funneling like this and I can't get in that flow. It's easy. Now look what he says here in verse number 7. Therefore, purge out. You know what that word purge out there means? It means to clean out. It means to get rid of. Purge out the old leaven that you may be a new lump. You're a new creation reality. Since you truly are unleavened or since you truly are contaminated. For indeed, Christ, our Passover, was sacrificed for us. And so when I ignore discipline in my own life it denies the very thing that jesus died for if i just mad nah, doesn't matter go over a page of first corinthians chapter six. 1 corinthians chapter six and i want you to see this here starting with me if you'll look in in verse number nine and you'll see some words that are repeated in verse 10 1 corinthians six verse nine do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God. Do not be deceived. Do not be misled. My own personal translation of this says, don't kid yourself. Don't kid yourself. Now look what he goes on to say here. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. Now you said, Pastor, you read those awfully fast. Yeah, I did. You know why? Because that's usually how we read them. We like to read over those fast and think, you know what? If I am doing one of these, it's no big deal. Pastor, that's what grace is for. But I believe when he, he says all this here, he, he's calling them to, to live according to who you are. So you know what that tells me? If I'm a drunk, then live like a drunk. If I'm an adulterer, live like an adulterer. If I'm a believer, if I'm a Christian, I better live like a Christian. I better start living like the Lord. He desires me to, and He wants me to. Now, look what goes on here. Let's not quit there. Verse 11. And such were some of you. Yeah, some of those descriptions there was me. And such were some of you. But you were washed, you were cleansed, but you were sanctified, you were set apart, but you were justified, you were totally accepted in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. And so when you look at the wordings there here, the word sanctify means declared completely the Lord's property. The word justified here means declared completely, not guilty of any past record i got to get this on the inside of me, guys. This is what the Lord wants me to begin to see. This is what, I've been justified. I've been sanctified. Full of God. Now look in the same passage there at the very next verse. And I'm going to say something real quick before we hit verse 12. Just because I can do something doesn't mean I should. Now look what he says in verse 12. All things are lawful. Or permissible or allowable for me, but all things are not helpful, expedient, profitable, advantageous, beneficiary for me. So he tells me right here maybe good, maybe bad. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. I will not be brought under the power of anything. So once again, it falls back to all this stuff he's saying. Because if I give myself over to anything, I become a slave of that thing. That begins to dominate me. And once again, a lot of people say, well, it's just a little bit. It's just a little bit. But where does it ultimately lead to? Look in that same chapter, at verse 19. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own. When you give your heart to Jesus, guys, you don't belong to you no more. And he ends in verse 20, for you were bought at a price, therefore glorify God where? In your body and in your spirit, which are God's. So once again, guys, there's a balance here. There's a lot of freedom in Christ, but to really live free, I've got to live by the standards of God. Now, once again, guys, I don't look at the standards of God as rules. The Ten Commandments are not rules. Those are formulated to benefit me. When I live within that structure, there's always a blessing. Go with me to to 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter. Way back there in the back. Now, Now, listen real close. Remember I said this a minute ago. If there was a polluted well or something bad you would tell your kids, don't do that. It's like as a parent, when they start riding a bike, you tell them, now here's the rule. You can ride in the driveway and up and down the side, but don't get on the street. Now you give them that, what? To punish them, to be mean, to be, a, to be an angry mom and dad? No. Why do you give them that? To protect them, to love them. See, that's how if I view the standards of God that way, So many people say, man, being a Christian, is a bunch of rules. That's not true. It's the love of God, the perimeters he puts around me. And when I live within it, man, my life is blessed. When I live within the, the things that God has asked me to do, there's a freedom. And I get to live in incredible freedom and incredible peace and incredible joy. This is what Father God wants for each of us. Look here, 1 Peter chapter 1. And if you'll look at at verse number 13, right above it, it says, Living before God our Father. Therefore, gird up the the loins of your mind. Be sober. That word sober there means under self-control or morally alert. And set or rest your hope fully upon the grace that is brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. When I live by this, guys, there's a grace that comes. Verse 14, listen, as obedient children, not conforming or being molded yourselves to the former lusts or evil desires, as in your ignorance. But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy. And you know what that word holy means? To be set apart. Now he said, as he who called you is holy, Father God is holy. Father God is set apart. He's different. He said, you also be set apart. You also be different. And look how he says to do that. In all your conduct. In all your manner of living. In all your behavior. In every arena of my life. And look what he goes on to say. Because as it is written, be holy for I am holy. And if you call on the Father, who without partiality judges according to each one's work, conduct yourself throughout the time of your stay here in fear. Conduct yourself in your time of stay, that's right here on earth, in fear. I believe this, guys, we've got to get where we fear God more than any other thing, more than we fear people, where we begin to look and say, I want to live with a reverential fear in my eyes. I want to really live with the fear over my heart. I want to, I want to li- live for God in, in every arena that I walk in. You know, uh, I, I don't ever believe it's safe to tell people, don't ever, you can't do that, don't do that, don't do that. You know, I could sit here today and say, it would be wrong for you to ever go to an R-rated movie. I don't believe that's right. You know why? Because The Passion of Christ was an R-rated movie. I believe this, though, that we got to live from our heart where we understand when something goes against my heart, I know to get out of there. I don't want to do those things. Pastor, are you saying we can't ever have fun in life? No. About a month ago, I I went back and I watched a football game in Oklahoma, and the percentage of people there that were drunk was astronomical. It was a 7 o'clock kickoff, And so people had all day to get drunk. And I'm not talking a little bit drunk. I'm talking slobbering drunk. And as I got around that, my heart really began to be grieved. So pastor, should we not go to a football game? No, I can go to a football game. I'm going to go to a football game. I'm just not going to partake of that. I'm not going to get caught up in that. And once again, we can try to justify our sins. We can try to justify what we allow our eyes to see. The things we do, or I can live with a holy fear. I can live by the anointing of God and say, Father God, I want to please you. I don't want to live that way. Because you know what's going to happen? It's going to be a little bit at a time. A little bit at a time. It's going to be very subtle. But it will happen. And so each one of us in this room, I believe God's raising the bar. He's raising the bar. And even this week when I would see stuff on TV, I'd say, man, I'm not watching that junk. I'm not not looking at that. I'd hit that. I'm not watching that junk. And many times, it's easy to just sit in there and allow that stuff to happen. "Ah, It's just a movie. What's wrong with a little sin? I'm going to tell you guys, just a little bit. Just a little bit. Stand up with me. Man, it's quiet in here. Maybe your flesh is burnt.